This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck getting dirt and pretty. It's summertime, everyone. And that means soon, dear glistening listener, you too will be like the back of my neck. No, not because you resemble three hot dogs, but because you pod-wandered into the summery audio steam room that is Rue Britannia. Rue Britannia is a podcast where I, Dottore Bolordo, man of science, speak with a real-time British person in order to better understand the relatively obscure culture of the exotic island nation of England. Is this a show the world needs? Don't answer that. And get ready to learn! So slap a damp towel against your spreading malevolence and mind the gap as we gap your mind on Rue Britannia, where summertime is cooler than the bottom of your pildo. Salsa! Once again, it's time for us to furiously pump the malnourished bellows of Skype so that we may communerate all the way across the ocean to Cybermance once again with our friend from England. He is a James designer. He is a... Fuck. He is James... (laughs) (laughs) I am James designer. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. He is James... (laughs) He is James Designer. He is author. He is upstart podcaster and butt start provocateur. He is Grant Howard. Grant. Good morning, Dottore. Good morning, Good morning. I assume it's morning for you over there in the colonies. Close. Oh, it's noon. It's noon. Good it's noon. noon. Good noon to you, sir. We call it party morning. Pray happy morning to you. Pray happy party morning to you, sir. It is I here from England. I'm Hello, Grant. Hello. Grant from England. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Rue Britannia, the only show that's all about you. It's so good to have me back. <laughs> I got your back, man. Yeah. Yeah, you got my back. You're giving me, that, you're giving me those sweet podcast slots. The Sluts? Slots. <laughs> Grant, what's been new? What's been new? Mr. Oh, wow. Britannia Rue? Well, I've moved. I've you moved, moved house? I've moved house, yes. Heist? Heist. I've moved house. To a house in the country with some grounds, where I can shoot some pheasants. No, I've moved out to even easter London than I was in before. So if there's any sort of train audio on the uh, on the on the track, that's because I live next to a fucking train line. So that's that's a thing. Number one, mm-hmm. you moved Easter London. <laughs> Is that different than like Orthodox Easter London? Yeah. So there's there's Easter London, Christmas London, and Harvest Festival London. Okay. Number two, mm-hmm. uh, what's the fucking train like? Wild. <laughs> is it is it incredibly dangerous? Are people always getting diseased? Um, no, like it uses protection, but it rides you hard and puts you away wet. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I hear that the German fuck trains run on time. Well, they're very efficient over there, aren't they? Yeah, but they they lose something of the romance of the Italian fuck trains. Yeah. I really want to try and get a pun on Vorsprung durch Technik, and I get sprung, but I put up some. But I can't combine those two things, and I'm really sorry about that. Those two things were never meant to be combined. No, well, they both have the word sprung in them. Yeah, but um, I only know what one of those things <laughs> is. Oh, sorry, Vorsprung durch Technik is, the, is, is Audi's um, uh, catchphrase, but it, like, it was, it, that was Audi's catchphrase in England for a while as well, because it was like, we, we, have, we have strong German engineering. I'm glad that you still have strong German engineering in England. Cut this bit. Cut! <laughs> Cut this bit. 
Snip it off. Mm-hmm. Wrap it up. Snap it. Get in a rabbi. Snip it off. Do you do you use doggy bags in England? Like, to, hang on. Is this the sort of bag you put a dog <laughs> shit in? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe it originated that way. Here in America, mm-hmm. the world's capital. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the champagne of countries. <laughs> we um. When we're done with a meal, mm-hmm. uh, one of our massive American restaurant meals, yeah. but we want to take the rest like, home. Oh, I, I feel like I could eat some more of this double burger at home, you'd say. Yeah. Uh, we say, mm. uh, can I have a doggy bag for this? I guess the idea is that you're taking the rest home to, to feed your dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. But that's a... I guess that makes sense. I've never seen anyone use a doggy bag for dogs. No, no, never. That's never we, actually occurred. <laughs> we want to eat that later. It's nice. It's expensive. Yeah, I, I read somewhere in 2002 uh, when my idiot roommate traveled to England mm-hmm. that um, the British generally don't take, uh, you know, uh, carry home food after no, eating well, in a restaurant. Well, we, we have like mortal sized portions <laughs> rather than the ones that, the, 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 rather than portions such as that heralded the end of Rome like you do. Mortal so. portions! <laughs> ba, 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 ba. We, Adequately yeah. filled. <laughs> An ample sufficiency. <laughs> I, Finish it! We just have like we just have normal amounts of food. So, you know, there's that. Um you guys Wait. you guys you guys sell too much food. How can no how can you evolve into a larger entity like a Promethean engineer if you don't force yourself to eat more than a normal person should? <laughs> I think I th- what are you talking about like protein gaps, protein windows and like workouts and crunches and reps. Yeah. <laughs> what's this what's this now? Uh this now well I suppose at that point it's more like it's more you know you're after chicken aren't you? You're after healthy protein rather than you know the acres of pancakes that you guys get served and presumably take <laughs> home to feed to your also obese dogs. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the food is. You just got to get it in there. You 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 got to pack that dog for the pancakes till it can't breathe under its own steam. Yeah, we're like calorie You got yourself hoarders. an American dog, boy. A uh, hot dog. You keep feeding that dog. That's a meal. <laughs> yeah, because you know what, Grant? There are some um people in the US of Irish ancestry mm-hmm. and it they remember eating dogs. The blight they remember the blight when they had to eat their own dogs. Yeah. Because the fields of golden pratties turned black. That was, it, was, it was bad times. It was bad times. It was, My idiot that? roommate read a book about it in high school. He tells you so much, this idiot roommate of yours. Yeah, well, I you, force it out of him. You at two night. must have fascinating conversations. <laughs> They're kind of one-sided. Okay, yeah, it's fair. At night, uh, when he's trying to sleep, I, I squeeze his belly like a bellows. I push mm-hmm. it. I push it real good, and mm-hmm. then he he releases the facts that I demand. In a sort of rolling escape of gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I've tr- you know, I've tried daughter boarding on him, mm-hmm. which is where I submerge <laughs> his head into somebody's daughter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, it is illegal in many places. Yeah. Is the daughter at least into it? <laughs> um, <clears throat> hmm, this is getting dark. Yeah. This is... This is becoming Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. Featuring Eric Bogosian as the bad guy. Who the fuck is Eric Bogosian? Oh, Grant. How can you be an internet superstar and not a theater major? <laughs> um, so Eric Bogosian uh-huh. was famous in the, I guess, late 80s. He's a, a solo 
uh, playwright and performer. Oh, okay. One-man show, write the theme yeah. tune, sing the theme, sing the theme tune, yeah. Okay. He was one of those guys who did a lot of, like, um, shows that are just monologues where he plays a bunch of different characters. Oh, that sounds like so much fun to watch and enjoy. His most famous was Suburbia, which was a regular play, and Wake Up and Smell the Coffee. I've heard that phrase. Yeah, well, you've but... been begosioned. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But he he played the villain in a Steven Seagal, maybe a Steven Seagal, mm. like one of those action shit movies of the 90s. Yeah, well, which, it, was, it was it was the sequel to Under Siege 1, which had Steven Seagal as a chef, right? Was that the... I, I think so. I think like he, he was an ex-Navy SEAL chef, and then... I, Did he cook seals? I remember. I remember that like there was there was a lady's bare chest visible in that film, and I got very excited to see that at oh. the time. I was very excited because I I like this is back in the early nineties. The access to bare ladies' chests for a young boy was limited. Yeah, I, especially in England, I I mm. would assume it's relegated to various statues in museums. That's basically it. Yeah, and even then, like you have to wear spe- you have to get special binoculars so you can see. Obscenity, like, yeah, my good ha- man. You have to use your imagination. And that's why there's so many kinks in England. Yep, yeah, that's why I turned out as weird as I am. Yeah, you're super weird. Yeah, I'm into some odd, odd stuff. <laughs> A white guy that's into RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how strange. Next you'd be telling me he's got a beard and records podcasts. <laughs> he's got a beard and re- reports podcasts. Trigun. Trigun? <laughs> Trigon versus the Stampede. No, come on, man. Come on. Huh? Okay. Huh? Okay. okay, Grant. I yeah. think we've diddled each other's anuses long enough. <laughs> we've fingered this pie enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm going to give you a little pro tip. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's not uh, a strange vestigial clitoris you have. That's just a hemorrhoid. Oh, okay. I forgot well, the word. I forgot well, the word hemorrhoid. Well, it feels good when I touch it, and you're you're no one to tell me to stop it. <laughs> Jesus, that's, that's sorry. That, that's a horrendous sentence I just uttered, and you just uttered. <laughs> that's that, that, it's just that image is dark in a way that I don't like. Wait, that you can touch what you want, and I'm not allowed to stop you, or that <laughs> it's, it's not you. You didn't sprout a clitoris out of your butt. That's a hemorrhoid. I don't mind having a hemorrhoid, but the idea that I'm pleasuring myself using my hemorrhoids is one of the least... I don't like talking about that on air. Well, hemorrhoids are notoriously itchy, right? Oh, Isn't God, that... yeah, or, or yeah, I suppose. They're painful and itchy or something? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had them. I remember... Okay, I'm Mark now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark. Hey, everybody. I kicked a Torre Bolordo off the show for a Te- second. Tell me about your bum grapes. Um, no... Not mine. This oh, okay. is all. This is speculative fiction. This is the friend. I remember there's a um, Michael Sark Jackson Sark Moloff? song. Oh yeah, sorry, you're correct. <laughs> Michael Jackson. There's, there's a Michael Jackson song. I think he did a duet with Janet or something. Right. Or maybe not. He it, he's like the song is like keep it in the closet. Okay. Um, mm. but I think there's something where he says, and if it's itchy, you have to rub it. Okay. You think that's about MJ's hemorrhoids, which he mistook mm. as a male clitoris. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I know, I know that that I'm supposed to say yes and, but no, no, you stop, no, weird. stop talking about this. What do you think is itchy on Michael Jackson? Um, he his, suffered, his child fingers. He suffered from eczema on his elbows and his knuckles. Oh, there you go. A, a really nice mundane um, explanation. Grant, did I just push the sex envelope too far for you? 
You know what? I don't mind if we're talking about Michael Jackson rubbing his hemorrhoids with his child fingers. That's cool. But I think it was the fact that I associated my personal brand with getting off on doing that. <laughs> yeah, are you are you becoming the Chris Taylor of this podcast? Oh, you know what? I think I might be becoming the uh, you know yeah. where I say something risque and you uh. yes and me, but with a with a a, a studious caution. Yeah, you know what? Tell you what, let's reverse it. Let's yeah. let's, let's 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 pitch this up. I'll be I'll be as sexually deviant as you like, Tatori. <laughs> All right, and I'll rein you in. When I get scandalized. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so let's talk about blood sports. Let's, yes, let's talk about... You mean in a sex sort of way, or...? <laughs> Is there any other? <laughs> Hi, I'm back! I'm Dottore Bolordo. Sexual expert. <laughs> Grant! <laughs> Grant, do you have any sex questions for Dottore? I do Dottore, yes. I do Dottore as well. I, um... For health. Have you ever heard of Army Ants? The animated series? Um, no. Tell me more. Is this, is, is this a sex thing? Is this like an adult, an adult porn film? It can be. Okay. So all you gotta do is mm-hmm. watch the 1980s animated series Army Ants. Okay. <clears throat> the cartoon. Right. Um, and make sure that you're on the the party island of Ibiza. Well, that's that's where I when when I don't come back to London to record these, I uh, I spend a lot of my time in Ibiza, as the Venga oh, boy said. <laughs> you have to move house quite frequently. Um, well, I have, I have, I have a variety of um, apartments on white sandy beaches down in Ibiza. Ooh, yeah, it's lovely. Are they are they safe houses? Um, safe house is a really dirty word. I prefer to think of them as bolt holes. <laughs> bolt holes. Bolt holes. Bolt holes. Yeah, B O L T H O L E. Bolt hole. A bolt hole. A hole that you bolt to. Is, oh, is that is that a real thing? Yeah, it's a phrase. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, was... sorry, 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 sorry. Safe house is a dirty word. I believe it. I prefer to think of them as drug holes. <laughs> <clears throat> well, Grant, as mm-hmm. you know, I'm a man of science. I've spent most of my life, um, in the in Bolting the amber, holes. yeah, in mm-hmm. the amber confines <laughs> of scientific research academies. You need to get better lights. I know. If you've got amber <laughs> confines. <laughs> Ha, I'm Amber Confines. <laughs> Welcome to my bolt hole. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find yourself a very comfortable here, sugar. You you do a dynamite southern bell. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, let's get into it, Grant. I, d- I just want to keep being the southern bell character. Can we not, do, c- like, can I, c- can I bring her in to answer the question? <laughs> sure, what's her name? <laughs> her name's, um... Amber Boltholes. What was her fucking name? We just said it. <laughs> Amber Confines, that was it. Amber Confines. Amber Confines from the French. What if her name was Ample Confines? She'd Am- be a James Bond. Villain. Oh, you! Hush your mouth. <laughs> um, Grant. Am- Ample Confines would be a shitty name. <laughs> if you want to have like a saucy name, what have you got? Oh, I'm Baggy McGee. <laughs> I, I'm an adequate body. Oh, you must be Lucy Goosey. I felt much about you. <laughs> you know, there's a kind of hamburger here in the U.S. called a Lucy Goosey. Is that the one where you put um, uh, cheese in the middle of the burger? Yeah. yeah How do you know yeah. this? I used to live in America. You're not allowed. Okay. Well, I, don't, I haven't heard about it then. All right. Mm. You ate one of our alligators. That's Actually, sorry. You get. That's a juicy Lucy, not a Lucy Goosey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You win. Yeah. You win. You win this game of American. I'm the American now. <laughs> Damn it! 
Well, G-Bar had it. I wish I sure could go oppress me some minorities. Well, you're in luck because you're in England, <laughs> and that can happen there too. <laughs> yeah. It's God, like yeah. we're in a race to see who can become like Skeletor <sighs> faster. Jeez, um, yeah, I really hope Labour. I mean, I can't. All, all I've got is hope that we we make it. We make a dramatic swing to to, to the to, to the socialism because the youth finally wake up. But it's not going to happen. We're going to be strapped in a Tory government for another ten years, and the world will shift ever further into fascism. However. As we shift into fascism, we then will then re-enter the stage um, of the film Cabaret, which I'm <laughs> which I'm really looking forward to. Everything comes back to sex clubs with you, man. It's gonna be this, the whole the whole Western world is going to devolve into a Weimar Republic with Liza Minnelli and that guy from Austin Powers, and they'll be singing and dancing. It'll be great. It's funny that the, the Allies worked so hard to beat the Nazis. And then we became the Nazis. It's almost like the world's running out of stuff in it. <laughs> it's almost like in The Dark Knight by Christopher Nolan, mm -hmm. when um, the oh handsome God. district attorney is mm -hmm. like, well, if you live long enough, you become the villain. Yeah. And then he becomes the villain for about 20 minutes and then <laughs> dies. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, I think you're okay to spoil that one. He's the weakest incarnation of Two-Face I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean... I'm okay with it because he's a fucking joke of a character. He's clown shoes, <laughs> and that's he's clown uh, shoes compared from a to movie the with other, a guy dressed as a clown. The other Batman villains, like like compared to the Penguin, like the Penguin is a man who's like, Meh, maybe I'm Penguin themed. Okay, cool. You're basically Wario. We can dig this. That's cool. I I, I like it. <laughs> Whereas this guy as well, I, I like tossing coins. And then I don't know. That's that's his that's his whole deal. I don't I I don't know if the two I don't know if the Penguin is uh. Is like a, a better. I think. I think I'm more. I, I think the penguin is a more coherent identity than Two Face. Well, I mean, isn't that kind of part of Two Face's whole shtick? Is that he's torn between good and evil, justice and injustice? God's among I, us. I mean, I think. I think like you know, Two Face's shtick is that he's. I if, if you look at the him and the Joker, they are chaos as opposed to Batman's law. To put it in D and D terms, but I'm already so far out of my depth. I don't understand superheroes or watch the films or read the books. Wow, not really. What? Don't worry, my Sorry. idiot roommate knows all about Batman. Cool, and he can tell you there's way weaker villains out there than Two Face. Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's the Riddler. He doesn't really do fights. He was bad. Wait, is that a determining factor of how good a villain you are if you don't do fights? Sorry, you said way weaker. Oh, sorry, you mean you mean like narratively? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm using weak as a like the kids do, like oh, yo man. Sorry. Do, that... So did you mean like Calendar Man? Yes, exactly. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Calendar Man is the go-to for a shit villain. Yeah, that was um, that was the quilt one, the one who was just a quilt. <laughs> he's he's not just a quilt. He's not like Aladdin's animated rug. <laughs> the quilt. There is a killer moth who's a moth-themed bad guy. All right with that. That's fine. I mean, killer moth is a really unintimidating phrase. <laughs> so, it's just one of them killer rabbits. Yeah. Triffids. Mm. Wait, what's a triffid, Grant? That's a plant. Oh, a giant you get plant. those in England? Um, yeah. Depends on where you go. Like up north, yeah. Grant! What? Are you ready for segment one? Mm. <clears throat> Let's it's all right, I was ready 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
you, that you measure things out in a uh, the quantity of how many Two Face uh, lives uh, happen in a Chris Nolan film. So yeah, it, sure, yeah. when you have a child and it's like, uh, all right, Rory. It's it's almost time for bed, and he's like, "Oh, can I stay up for another two face?" It's like, "No, oh, you you can stay up for one face, <laughs> one face, or ten minutes, as we call it." <laughs> Grant, yeah. section section one. Mm-hmm. What's all this then, mm-hmm. Grant? And what's all this then? You tell me, an international scientist, mm-hmm. a bit of Grant. And what's all this then? You mm-hmm. tell me, Dottore, a piece of international news mm-hmm. that Americans might not have paid attention to or missed. So just to explain very briefly, I need to explain what Pound World is. Oh, yeah. Um, is that like World. Westworld, but everyone's just cuts to the fucking? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's a, uh, it is, Pound World is a, is a shop in the UK, a bit like your dollar stores or dollar kings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so everything's a pound. Or less. I've been to a 300 yen store. Grant! Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's a piece of international news uh, bopping around inside of your pound store. How about you sell it to us for a pound? Or a ducat? <laughs> Mum and daughter tricked into licking feet of pound world staff who rode them like horses. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this happened uh, early this month. Was this a devil's advocate scenario where Satan himself convinced the mother and daughter to do an illicit act upon him? Um, Hoo-ah! Alas, no. So what about a lad? Um, <laughs> shut up. Um, <laughs> Naomi Desmond, 24, and her mum, Pamela, 55, brackets, who has one arm, were doing some last-minute holiday shopping when they fell victim to a bizarre con lasting two and a half hours. Someone, so they were in, they were in um, Poundworld. And the, someone, pa, sorry, Panda World. Yeah, they were buying a panda. All right. They, they were in Pound World buying items for a pound or less. Wait a minute. I'm mm. sorry. Uh, put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. How? What were the ages of the daughter and mother? Twenty-four and fifty-five. Oh, I thought you said thirty-five. Wow. And no, I was that, like, that's, mm, that's young. This, this dog won't hunt, Monsignor. We're running off medieval rules. <laughs> no, um, we Dream are. No. Doctor. Um. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the Batman. Okay, tell tell me about this armless woman. Yeah, someone that she had one arm. Um, so a prankster called Pound World, um, <laughs> and 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 managed to convince the store, like he said, he was calling from a charity and he was calling on behalf of head off behalf of head office. They had to close the store, select two participants, and then get them to do things for 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 charity and for money. What? The two women were duped into believing they could win £3,000 if they endured a hit series of humiliating tasks at the discount, discount, at the discount shop in Barnstable, Devon. Barnstable. Following the caller's instructions, the staff tied string around Naomi and Pamela's ears, threw water over them, and drew on their faces with pens. Jesus. This is... This is um, so th- this is coming from Metro. This is coming from the metro.co.uk. Um, oh, you see, actually, yeah... Um, Throughout the ordeal, the staff had to refer to the two women as ugly and beast, and in return they had to call the manager beautiful lady with the promise of £50 each time they said it. Wow. Um, at first it was funny, like a game show. It all happened on the shop floor, says Pamela, a hospital telephonist. They were asked to get on our backs and they rode us up and down the aisle like a horse race. But afterwards we felt embarrassed. We genuinely thought it was head office. I'm disabled, 
So that makes it even worse. And the call anew. Naomi, her daughter, adds, we are both too scared to go into Pound World now. <laughs> it's not Pound World's fault. No. It, Although, I, I mean, it is It is the simpletons who work in Pound World. They're like, yeah, okay, this seems, this seems fair. This seems like a good deal. So, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Let's wa- let's walk through the events detective okay, cool, mode cool. style. Let's you, you know, let's use our narratively convenient slight autism to envision the events of this murder as they unfold. Okay. Did you ever notice that? It seems what? like every fucking crime show nowadays has like someone who's like they're always like, oh, he's on the spectrum, but he's the best damn forensics expert in there, you know? And the, I was then, like, like it was Monk, wasn't it? Wasn't Monk the like the poster child for that? Probably. Like, he, like was o- he was he was strange, but he had the he had the he power. Was, yeah, he was OCD, uh, so he okay. noticed Sorry, tiny I've details. I've never seen it, but yeah. Um, but so, okay, it, I mean, in, in a very real way, mental illnesses are a superpower. Like, I can get sad over pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grant Howitt, the feeler. <laughs> <laughs> His only weakness is conflict. His only weakness was everything. <laughs> I um. We're so, not here to talk about oh, you, Grant. No, I mean we are. We're here to talk about Hugh Grant, Naomi, and Pamela. Yeah. Wait. So let's walk through mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Okay. okay. So they're shopping around in Pounds or Us. P- Poundland. Poundland. The land of pounds. And a a phone call happens. The kingdom of pounds. <laughs> a, a phone call. Ca- phone call comes through. Hello. F- <laughs> and, and the, the if, I mean, like, 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 we, like, we can roll for this out now if you'd like. That's all right. No, like, you, okay. You're, you're, you're besmirching the evidence, Grant. You okay, sure. With your clownish antics. I'm sorry. Which, quite frankly, I find fully disrespectful. That's not true. even, not even seventy five percent. All the way disrespectful. Yeah, you've okay. pushed disrespect to the edge of its limits. Make with like, the question. Make with the question. You're, you're the fate of the furious of disrespect. God, I love that film. I know you like cars. I like, I like, I like watching The Rock do anything. You're a real car guy. Yeah, that's me. I like cars. I like, I like gears and wheels and the doors, all the things. You're a real motorhead. That's me. Yeah, I'm a real um, piston boy. <laughs> we brought it back. I got, uh, I got springs in my knees. <laughs> You're like an Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Did you have Inspector Gadget in it? Yeah, yeah, we had Inspector Gadget. Yeah. All right. He was cool. I, I think I think I had like an Inspector Gadget toy when I was a kid. Like, and, like you could you could pull his arms out and stuff, but like in a fun <laughs> way, not just like the way you can <laughs> with most models. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, let's mm-hmm. yeah. Let's role play this. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. I gotta put on my improv hat. Mm-hmm. Ring ring. Hello, Pound World. Hello, Pound World. This is Charity. Are you guys interested in winning a buttload of money for charity? We'd, we'd love, we'd, we'd really love to, to win a buttload of money. Is there any way that people in the store could win money as well? Oh, yeah. Is there anyone who would be particularly humiliated? Yeah, there's, there's a one-armed woman over here. All right, let's take advantage of that. I love it. You are, hey, are you a woman or a man? Yes. All right. We're I'm a woman ha- in this scene. I'm a woman in this scene. Okay, then it's less embarrassing for you, I suppose. Yeah, well, okay, cool. depending on your whatever baggage you're carrying, we're going to have them call you a beautiful lady. Oh, I can't wait, because honestly, my relationship with my husband has been terrible over these last few months. Well, you know, you don't need to rely on somebody else to make yourself feel good. No, I know, but you know I how mean, it goes. Validation can come from within. It you shouldn't look to others to make you feel like you're a worthwhile person. We're all striving for validation to come from within. 
uh, charity, but it's difficult, and you know, it's 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 a long road, and I think we need to take validation where we can get it sometimes. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, mm-hmm. how about you tie fucking water balloons to these assholes' ears, and I'll give you a ducat. I'd love nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> let, hang on, hang on, hang on, wait, they, they, I think they've heard us. She's trying to get out of the shop. Lock the doors. Write you up. <laughs> <laughs> now kill them. Okay. <laughs> Checks in the mail. I've got a power. I've got a. I've got a hammer that's under a pound. Hmm. Looks looks <laughs> like they came all the way to Pound World. Am I right? <laughs> and scene. So Grant, mm-hmm. wait. The person called. Yeah. They said to the the uh, staff member that mm-hmm. they. They were a charitable organization, is that right? Yes, that's correct, yes. And that, how would they be raising money by making people do embarrassing things? I want you to understand the intelligence level of the people who authorized this. Okay. So, a man claiming to be from a charity in Ireland phoned the store and told staff to close it for a team training exercise that involved entering two customers into a competition. Did not say what charity is. Apparently it was some sort of charity. You're right, it doesn't add up in any way. But I like no. to believe that this man said enough words that it happened. And you said it's an Irish uh, charity, An Irish right? charity, yeah. I mean, everyone knows that the prankster god comes from Ireland. The Irish have an innate ability to charm and mm. uh, smooth, yes. smooth talk any situation. The one trickster god definitely comes from Ireland, yeah. 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 Coyote. <laughs> the Iron the Irish trickster god. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Don't know where I was coming from. That's kind of Spanish there, I guess. Is that a Don Coyote? Don Coyote. Oh hello. Uh okay. Okay, carry on, sorry. Sorry. So uh this is inexplicable. Did you ever read the Sandman comics? Uh, I got through most of them. There was one issue of Sandman mm-hmm. where there's a bad guy who has an amulet that can control minds or something. Yeah. And he has like a really horrible, uh, disturbing, like 48 hour scene where he mm. makes everyone in a diner his slave hostages. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Makes them do horrible things to each other. Mm. That's what this was. Not really, because there was no mind control involved. How do we know? We don't have the technology. You're right. We don't have the technology. That's the, it. Did not happen. <laughs> we don't have the technology to determine whether mind control waves were used. Okay. You know what? I guess what? Occam's razor. We always have to assume that mind control waves are involved in every operation. I mean, why not? It's more it makes, fun, right? It makes the world make a little more sense. <laughs> oh, bit of satire there, isn't that? Grant. Yeah. These British people were duped. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Is it? Yeah. I don't think that, I mean, if the, they're... Stu- they rode them around the store like little horses. Yeah, and one of them a three-legged horse. I, that's that's incredible. The staff were like, yeah, this seems fine. I'll ride this old lady around. Yeah, and how did the staff explain it to the patrons? They said that they could win up to £3,000 if they took part in the competition. It doesn't make sense. I know. Oh, <laughs> everyone involved in the situation, aside from the caller, is an idiot. Yeah. And apparently uh, it happened. Like, it's, like, like it's, not, it's, it's not entirely false from what I can tell. This is like an episode of Black Mirror. That'll be a brilliant episode of Black Mirror. 
Um, I, I really like the the the, the episode, like the, the the synopsis for every episode of what if blank, but too much. <laughs> what if emojis, but too much. That's a good point. What if Skype, but too much. What if fucking a pig, but too much. What if calculators, but too much. It sounds like you're shitting on Black Mirror, Grant. I don't like it. It is the twilight zone of our age, except instead of ending leaving you feel afraid, it ends and you just feel bad about humans. Yeah, I just, it's its its a bit edgy for my taste, honestly. You don't like that edge play? I don't, mm, not especially. <laughs> <laughs> I like i, li- I like to, I like to just, just make it all happen immediately. I don't like any of that. Goof! No, I don't like. I don't like it. I think it's daft. I think it's too edgy. I think it's like, oh, but aren't we addicted to our phones? Yeah, and we have access to more information than ever. Yeah, humans have access to more free information than ever in the world, and more free access to that information. It's a golden age of learning if we want it to be. People yeah, yeah. are like, oh, well, what about emoji? Shut up. Well, it, yeah, it's a golden age of learning, but you have to sift through a lot of bullshit. Well, okay. So and and I feel I know, I mean I mean sorry you can sit through a lot of bullshit there's there's like there's free courses in basically everything to an incredible degree available from universities that is we true. can just go and learn these things it's awesome none of us do but we can. <laughs> <laughs> that is true because you have um, to put in some effort to learn yeah a lot I, less effort than ever before but I I'd much rather just have likes on my Instagrams that's all I'm after I mean you don't get patreon patrons by going to online uni no you don't you get do. it by putting that sweet instagram of the puppy up putting that lovely big face of mine up hey buy some games man yeah <laughs> what <laughs> we're such a superficial world well like i mean my my, my I mean my patrons are brand what's the sound i'm not a businessman i'm Were a they business out in man. the sun it's a brand oh i thought you said browned no you didn't <laughs> You're being difficult on purpose, Tatori. And honestly, I'm... this is very unlike you. I love porpoises. <laughs> I've never been difficult on a porpoise. I always am easy and let them do whatever they please. I'm pro-porpoise. <laughs> Good yeah. news story, Grant. Yeah, thank you. I'm pretty happy with it. You know what? Honestly, yeah. though, with mm-hmm. everything that sucks in the world uh, politically these days, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little refreshing to just hear about some people who got tricked by an Irishman. Yeah. I like to think he wasn't even a real Irishman. Yeah, I hope he was uh, like a Kuwaiti doing an incredible <laughs> Irish accent. <laughs> Welcome to section number two. How's your father? Grant, in How's Your Father, traditionally, you, a British man, explain English idioms to me. However, that... So let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> This show is a well-oiled machine. Mm, it's a greasy machine. Oh, goose grease. Oh, what a pad of greasy cogs. Grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, r- please, roll out the first idiom. I want to roll out the barrel. All right. Uh, actually, that's an, idiom I, that's an idiom I can't explain, so I, I, I'm not going to roll out a barrel. Are you a donkey, Chan? <laughs> donkey <laughs> Chan is my boyfriend. Are <laughs> you a donkey, is he? <laughs> yes. I, I, <laughs> awesome. Um, Idiom, hit me. Mm-hmm. A 99 flake. Do you know what a 99 flake is? No, it's a 99 flake. Mm, well, so 99 flake is a is a ice cream, a vanilla ice cream, with a fragmentary, fragile shard of chocolate placed in the top, <laughs> known as a flake. A flake. Is the, the fl- uh, 
it's so it's it's chocolate. It's a, it's ice cream. And yeah, it's ice cream. And you, you put stick a delicate chocolate in the top. Kind of. So Cadbury Flake is uh, so it's, it's it's from it's from our good friends at Cadbury. Um, from the Cadbury egg. Yeah, it, it, that's it's, the only way Americans know it. It's hatched from the Cadbury egg deep within the lair. Yeah, like uh, you have a bunny that shits out eggs. It's horrible. Which are made out of sugar goo. That rabbit is not built for that. <laughs> Do you think um, it mm. it releases the eggs um, just every month, whether they're inseminated or not? Yeah, or for do sure. you think? Okay, so we're eating unfertilized Cadbury eggs. Yeah, because I mean, like, I mean, if if you have fertilized Cadbury eggs, that's where you get more egg rabbits from. Oh, mm, they okay. put them down into the hatchery, and that's where chocolate rabbits come from. Wait, yeah, so those know? are dead. Those are dead Cadbury bunnies. What did you think they were? Just, 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 just models like yeah, molds. I thought that they were empty uh, 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 shells of chocolate. No, they shuck out all the innards. And then yeah. and then they wrap them in a delicious uh, lint paper and then send them out. <laughs> Did you say lint paper? Yeah, L A L I N D T. It's a chocolate. The company that makes chocolate bunnies. Oh, lint. I was imagining the stuff you pull out of your dryer. It's pronounced the same. Lint. Yeah, but can you imagine eating a candy that had been wrapped in like, <laughs> that's lint? A, that's horrendous. <laughs> like maybe a Jolly Rancher if I could clean it off and then spit out the lint. Or do I have to eat it? <laughs> Oh, maybe. Yeah. What if there? Okay. What if there was edible lint, and it tasted like it tasted of vanilla? Well, it's candy floss. It's kind of like edible lint, isn't it? I don't know what, really what candy floss is. Oh, sorry, fairy floss. I don't know what fairy floss is. Carna- I'm not a carnival I'm not a sugar. Lint. I don't know. <laughs> You're just getting more and more Sp- esoteric like and sp- sounding like a drug. Like spun sugar. Like there's a carnival and. <laughs> And that there's a spinner, and they get very hot sugar, and you put a stick into it, and it's all kind of like floaty. And like it gets pink. puffy. Yeah. Like, so, so what do you what do you call it? Puff sugar. We call it cotton candy. Oh, cotton candy. Sorry, fairy floss is the Australian term. I got confused. Sorry. America's different than Australia in at least three ways. Mm-hmm. Number one. Position. Musician. <laughs> number two. Tradition. <laughs> and number three, gators. The novel, the novelty series cereal called Didgeridoos. Actually, sorry, you both got gators. I was wrong. We both have gators. Yeah. We both have barbecue. Mm-hmm. And we both love Outback Steakhouse. Anyway, when you hear your family, a ninety-nine flake. What is that? No rules, just right. Is that is that, is that the Outback Steakhouse's phrase? I don't know, but that's impressive that you know that. Oh, Look, I've got thing. 99 flake, but a bitch ain't one. Listen, Hit me! Okay, okay, a 99 flake. So Cadbury's flake is, it was originally marketed to, to ladies, as it was oh. all, all the taste of Cadbury, but with none of the cohesion of a bar. And <laughs> so it's, 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 like a, it's like lots of different individual layers of, 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 of chocolate, which sort of break apart, and, like they'd, and they'd have like an image of a sexy lady eating one in a bath. And like, men want to shake her, girls want to be her, eat flake. And eat flake, the, die a good-looking corpse every time. Flake, and then <laughs> and then and then you you get kind of a sawn off, or to put it in the American sense, sawed off flake, which you'd put in the top of an ice cream, and that makes you a ninety-nine flake. And the reason why it's called ninety-nine flake is because it cost ninety-nine p when it was originally marketed in the nineties, and now they're about three quid. Ninety-nine urine. Ninety-nine urine. Ninety-nine p. Oh right, okay. So I thought it was like a euros joke. No, um, yeah, the ninety-nine pence. Pence. Oh, I know Pence. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the new ruler of fascist America when we finally dissolve our current one. Okay, it's like pushing him to something dissolving. <clears throat> Mike Pence. Str- uh, strong goof to Tori, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man. I've been doing this for nearly five years. 
I don't. I don't need yeah, to hear sure. your 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 deft and alacrate alacrate. Uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking upstarts. You're really emoliating me on this, man. Oh wow, deep cut. <laughs> yeah, deep cut. Deep cut. Uh, do you want to hear another phrase? Another fun "How's your father?" style phrase. Yeah, lay it on me, brother. Can you guess what a cream tea is? Excuse me. Can you guess what a cream tea is? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna go uh, family friendly, and That's strange. Ass- and assume that a cream tea mm-hmm. is a drink that has cream in it. Wrong. What? You're wrong. Thank you. Cream tea. So so this this is this is in reference to the fact that tea is a is, is also a word for a meal in the United Kingdom. What? Yeah. So um so like depending on your Depending on your social status, you would have, for example, uh, breakfast, dinner, and tea, or you might have breakfast, luncheon, and supper. Huh. And those those are all names for the same meal, but depending on how classy you are, you call it different things. Weird. Everyone has breakfast, but in that Monty Python song, they say mm. we'll have buttered scones for tea. Yeah, buttered scones for tea. So that's like tea would be, and 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 so and so having like a cream tea or a high tea, an afternoon tea, a low tea. Uh, these are so so like a low tea is the is the highest available form of tea because it would be served off a coffee table and only the only the wealthy would have would have um would have, would have tables that were lower than you needed to have to serve dinner off for example. That's weird because you think low tea would be worse than high tea. Yeah, well there you go. I mean high tea is still pretty posh. It's 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 um it's like tea and so you have you have a pot of tea and you have scones and uh, sandwiches and little like cakes and treats served about three. A bit like oh. Elevens is. Elevens is is like second breakfast. You motherfuckers have too many meals. Yeah. See, this is why Americans, we got three meals, and at least two of those meals, we eat three meals worth. <laughs> when I was in America, I, I, I witnessed a um, an advertising campaign for Taco Bell trying to coin the phrase, the fourth meal. Fourth meal, of course. It's the fourth meal. No, it's it should be one of the three, you enormous <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> you have a real problem. Stop trying to build more meals in. Fourth meal is like, I think that they were saying like, hey, you're drunk. Hey, you already, you hey, ate dinner two hours ago. Fuck. Do you yeah. <laughs> Get to work. It is, it, I imagine it'd be pretty good high food. Look, these insects, these seasoned insects aren't going to eat themselves. That's true. Because they're like, dead. If they like weren't, how, they'd eat themselves. I like it like, just to free themselves from the torment of being in here. I like, I like how little of Taco Bell meat is meat. Yeah. It's, I, like, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful... like Adhesive. It's a thumbs up to science in that we've done that. <laughs> is, it, is this meat? No, but it kind of tastes like it. Yeah. It's 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 uncanny. I it's meat flavored. My idiot roommate Mark used to mm-hmm. work at a pretzel stand in okay. the, the shopping mall, um, and uh, it was attached to a Taco Bell mm-hmm. stand. Okay, like the stands. Some, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, I mean, they're like um, there's a counter in the food court. You're right. Yeah, yeah. They're up against the wall. I understand. Yeah. And so uh, our You're kind of allied. Yeah, our pretzel. Our pretzel chain shared so Mark's pretzel counter chain. space. Yeah, Mark's pretzel space mm-hmm, shared yeah. counter space with the Taco Bell spot. Welcome uh, to pretzel space. <laughs> um, I think you'll find things are going to get very bendy, Commander. 
<laughs> I had a friend who also worked with me who would lick the pretzels before selling them to people. That's that's unhygienic. He's not my friend anymore. Good. Um, I mean Mark's friend. I'm Detore. Mark is a different guy. I yeah. Are you romping around? Grant, yeah. you're not allowed yeah. to have fun I'm during sorry. the podcast. I'm romping like a little bit. You are a little bit. I was moving my chair. I'm very sorry. You're just I'll a saucy moving. little bit. That's me. <laughs> anyway, long story short, the Taco Bell meat came mm. it, like pre-cooked in these big, clear plastic sacks. Like Canadian and... milk. I don't... Is that a euphemism for something? No, they, they sell our milk in bags up there. Really? Yeah. Carrot. Like sloshy bags? Yeah. Sloshy bags. Sloshy bags. <laughs> you right, sloshy bags. <laughs> the new James Bond villain. <laughs> sloshy bags. <laughs> but like it's Daniel Craig, James Bond as well. <laughs> it's really straight laced. Um anyway, yeah, so they they take these meat sacks and they stick them into warm water. Uh, and that that was like the Marie. That was the quote-unquote cooking process. That's disgusting. I mean, I quite like Taco Bell. I had a lot of the nice, like the, a lot of like the cheese, like the like the double pizza round quesadillas. That's the ones. The double pizza. <laughs> well, you know, there's the pizza, and you put another pizza on top of it, and there's meat and no tomato. That's not pizza. Oh, it's bread. There's no. To- uh, oh wait, Taco Bell put tomato in there? No, there's no tomato. No, it's not a pizza. Sorry, it's like it's shaped like a pizza, but it's an entirely enclosed taco space. Yes. Quesadilla is that the phrase? Quesadilla. Yeah, well, I, to... I, I don't know. Taco Bell invents non-Euclidean <laughs> non-Euclidean. Mexican food. So it might not have been quesadilla, but quesadillas uh, generally have cheese, melted cheese, and in, in they're in between two flour. That was the one. Yes, that was the fellow. Yeah, it was, like, it, was, it was like quesadilla maxima or something. <laughs> the ancient Roman quesadilla. Yeah, quesadilla halcyon. Yeah, everyone would stop working for two days and travel to inner city Rome to witness the quesadilla maxima. It was considered a pseudo-religious holiday. Good lord, that's a big quesadilla. Oh, well, time to go. Time to go vomit. <laughs> I have another phrase for you. Okay, give me another phrase. Actually, okay, I want... Okay, do you want all four of these, or do you just want three? Are we, are we running long? We are definitely running long. Yeah. We are over an hour. Yeah. And I have to poo again. Well, do you want to, well let's okay. I tell you what, let's do um, village face and cheese rolling, and then we'll we'll have a five minute break. How about that? And I'll just crank it out in five minutes. You just you, how long does it normally take you, Granddad? <laughs> I don't need a lot. Of, I don't need a lot of fiber. Eat more fiber. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna sit there. Well, I'll be back in half an hour, honey. I'm <laughs> gone. No. Hey, man. Look. Hey. I'm going to tell you about Village Fates. Village Fates? I'm going to tell you about Village Fates. <laughs> do you guys have state fairs? We you do. guys have state fairs, don't Yeah, you? we're big on state fairs. Yeah, state fairs. I want, I want some deep fried gum. That sort of shit, you know? Yeah. Um, that's that's what we have. That's that We have Village Fates instead. And Village Fates are small versions of those uh, where you don't have deep fried things. You might have a burger van selling burgers of um, dubious... Um, <laughs> Heritage, dubious heritage. Um, but there's also things like there is a cake, and you have to guess how heavy the cake is, and, and the person who's closest wins the cake. <laughs> oh my! That... How heavy is that cake? <laughs> That's not a joke. That's a thing. Um, there, there's a jar of sweets, and you have to guess how many jars, jars, how many sweets there are in the jar. <laughs> I guess there's one jar. Damn! You... Every year, 
You win, my friend. <laughs> the reigning mathematician <laughs> of Devon. There's a thing called Bat the Rat. Bat think... the Rat? Do you have Bat the Rat? I think that... I feel like you and Chris talked about Bat the Rat yes, on your did. podcast. Yes, we did. We did. So, so Bat the Rat is a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, like a, a drain pipe, which you set up, and then you put down a stuffed rat-like creature... <laughs> uh, which drops down at its speed, and if you could, and, and there's, there's a brief gap at the end, and if you can, if you can hit that rat with a bat, or indeed bat the rat, you win a prize. Oh, it's well, like it's it's the lowest possible effort carnival game. I think that's a good one because it um, engenders and encourages uh, fast reflexes. Yeah. Uh, so you know when the winged bats come for yeah. us at the end of days. Yeah. The the uh, rural the, the Brits youth. will be prepared. Yeah. And also, like it's quite hard to rig because you get because like you get a few goes and like you can't really moderate the the behavior of the of the rat once it once it goes down the the, the batting chute. Oh hey, guess mm-hmm. what, Grant? Yeah. Do you know about the phenomenon of inductive current? Kind of. So this is an interesting like science science experiment. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, a science show in it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And I don't remember enough about it, but mm-hmm. if you take, I think it's either a magnet or a certain type of metal. Probably a certain right, type yeah. of metal. And you have a I mean, pipe. a magnet is a certain type of metal. What? A magnet is a certain type of metal. Hey, shut... Well, what if it's not, Grant? But, okay, I mean, we, we, I think we both have good points. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Magnets have to be made of... Go metal. on, go on, go on. Okay, so, yeah, you take a certain type of metal, you mm-hmm. th- put it down a long tube, a vertical mm-hmm. tube of a different type of metal. No, you're and- speaking my language. <laughs> and as it passes down, bat the rat style, as it descends, mm-hmm. um, the two metals interact and a small electrical charge is generated, mm-hmm. which acts like a magnetic um, uh, slower, a descent uh, ah, okay. governor. And so you would think this piece of metal would fall out faster than it does, but it goes more slowly. It's and it's slower because it's magnetically stopping itself from falling. Yeah, it's very strange. Okay. Uh, but it's a cool science experiment. So my mm-hmm. point is that mm-hmm. if you stuff that rat mm-hmm. with the right type of metal, yeah. you can slow it down and that idiot batter will be thrown off. Yeah. Chump. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good like, story, Dottore. Yeah, great, great story. It's <laughs> You could. I think that might make it like I think just the weight of the metal would affect it more than the falling, you know? Yeah. Given the girth of the rat. I, I I've never seen one of these stuffed rats. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like they're, they're normal rat size. <laughs> they're not rodents of unusual size. No, they're normal rat size. My fight. My final phrase to say to you is cheese rolling. Now, how you dare guess, you? How I dare want, you? I want you to guess what cheese rolling is. Cheese rolling. Mm-hmm. I, well, I would guess that it is some sort of process by which you roll out cheese into a flat cheese disc. Well, then, then you would be wrong. Why, why, why would you want a flat cheese disc? For your pizza pie. Hey! You no. slide it in between the two tortillas <laughs> of the quesadilla for optimal cheese distribution, Greg. Queso pizza, yeah. Um, cheese rolling is a peculiar British tradition. It's uh, English, specifically. Or Welsh, like I don't remember. And we get some we get some cheeses, which... Um, so I realise... So, um, so I imagine a lot of your listeners over there in America will think that cheese's natural form is a slice. Of course. But that's not true. That is, Wait, that it, is... it doesn't come out of the cow in like those flat individual sheets that are wrapped? The post-it notes. Yeah. It doesn't come out wrapped. No, it comes out of the cow as as a sort of a sort of white fluid called milk, which I believe you have. 
I've heard of it. Uh, to put on your frosted loops. What are they called? Frosted loops? What are they called? <laughs> Fruit loops, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> cool, blimey, love, you've thrown me for a frosted loop, you have. <laughs> uh, the Mobius cereal. <laughs> Mobius crunch. Yeah. Um, Captain Mobius. I, I really like I like the idea of, of Captain Mobius, like Captain Mobius Crunch, who has has sailed his 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 breakfast ship through unknowable dimensions and has come <laughs> back strange and uncanny. They're infinitely delicious. <laughs> anyway, Frosted Loops. It's milk. like a fractal on your tongue, boys. <laughs> I uh yeah, Frosted Loops, cheese rolling. We get a load of cheeses because cheeses come as big like rounds. They come as round, almost like um like battle such battle shaped boys. And Are they boys? Oh, that's just a fun. Have term. you been listening to that those fuckers podcasts? Yeah, I really have been. I'm sorry. What, what is that, my brother? My brother and me. Uh, M- uh, McElroy, yeah. Yeah, everybody. Everyone's getting infected with boys now. Yeah, everybody who listens to those. Oh, God, it's, such a sh- it's, it's just such a nice thing to say. Those histrionic, excitable, <sighs> f- f- liberty gibbets. <laughs> Start saying boys. I'm sorry. You I've know what? Tr- I, I've been I've... trying to reel it in. I don't know if I'm just against the McElroy brothers because they're very popular, much yeah, in the that same might way. Be it, yeah, I was against Harry Potter for the first several books because everyone was just oh, coming. Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, everyone was coming Harry Potter pages <laughs> every time they talked that about sounds it. Sounds so sore. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing J.K. Rowling like uh, used a, a a lighter grade of paper pulp, mm, so it was yeah. easier to pass out yeah. of one's ureter. That's where I come out of. <laughs> you're, you're, Not ureter. out of my butt. That's not a clit. That's good. That's good. Please stop talking. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, keep talking about it. I love it. I love hearing you about can... your diseased ass. Hey, so, so support me on Patreon at <laughs> notanassclit.patreon.com. It's just, just the worst. Buy a threadless t-shirt. Yeah. I'm support, not an ass clit. Support the Not Ass Clit Foundation. Yeah. Com- completely normal ass 2017. Normal bumps. <laughs> Hi, not, welcome to the Normal Bumps podcast. We'll be discussing things that are going on with our asses that are perfectly normal. Not actually a hybrid girl boy. Mine feels and <laughs> smells great and perfectly normal, and everyone thinks it's good. I have no interest in it, medically or otherwise. <laughs> anyway, we're getting. Uh, this is a lot to cut out. Yeah, my God. So my wife just my wife just handed me a cocktail. Wow, what are Thank you, you in the 1950s? We drink a lot of cocktails. I mean, we still live in New York, baby. Thank you, darling. Thank you, darling. Mm. Oh, that's, that's delicious. Caipirinha. It's a caipirinha. Caipirinha. Close enough. Ooh. Right, I think that's all of our... Do you have a button for oh, this do, do, cheese Do we need to do like an outro bit on the cheese? I, haven't, I actually haven't described the cheese really. Because we got off on a quesadilla tangent. Yeah, cool. Okay, cool. Um, so... So, like, the long and short of cheese rolling, and by long and short, I mean the short, is that we get a load of cheeses, which are round, um, kind of, like, battle-shaped, and, or, more like the shape of a poof, and you... Excuse and, me. And you roll that down the hill, and then you chase after it, and the person, um, who crosses the line first after the cheese wins the cheese. Wait a minute. <laughs> Instead of eating the cheese, you're rolling it down a hill, Skyrim-style? And then you get the cheese. <laughs> and do you get to eat it? 
Yeah, it's still good. It's been rolling on the earth. It's got a hard waxen skin around it. It's not like we're just putting a, a bit of like loose cheese on there. <laughs> it's got a hard waxen skin. It rolls down. The, the skin protects it. And then you cut it out of the skin and eat it. Mm. I feel suspicious. Yeah, like it's a really it's a jumbled up fucking mess in there by the end of the, the end of the day. <laughs> Look, I'm a man of science. It's wax, like broken glass. There's a reason you don't make condoms out of wax. What is that? Because wax is not an effective microbacterial uh, deterrent. How about if the wax is an inch thick? Oh shit, Doug. Yeah, mm. that'll do it. That's yeah. act- actually you see in a lot of nuclear power plants, the employees mm-hmm. are just coated in inch thick. <laughs> Shields of wax. So many bees just hovering. <laughs> John Wick. Hmm. I haven't seen. Is that is that in the second film? Is there bees? No, I was just making a wax to candle jump and then candle to wick jump. Fuck me, that was a long walk. No one is expected to understand. <laughs> it was a long walk, which we weren't permitted access. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be a special uh, live stream patron to get that joke. Ah, I see. Okay, cool. Grant, I need to have a shirt. Okay, well, go go do it. I'll I'll, I'll entertain. I'll entertain the readers. I'll I'll do some reading um, from my novel um, or whatever <laughs> I can find. I'll, 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 I'll what, you 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 go do that. I'll I'll keep generating content. Absolutely nothing wrong back, with the anus. Come back when you're ready. Wait, are you gonna keep on? <laughs> recording? Yeah, why not? I'll, I'll just read stuff off my blog, it's fine. While I take a poop. Yeah, sure. Alright. You, t- you take as long as you want. <laughs> hey, think, uh, ThinkPad. ToughPad, yeah, I'll read ToughPad. Tough I'll read ToughPad. Alright, right, listener, Dottore Belordo is off to use the restroom. Have fun with Uncle Grant. Be good. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Hello, listener. I'm going to read an, uh, an article to you now, an article I wrote many years ago. Um, on January the 14th, 2013. It's called the Panasonic Toughpad Press Conference. Like most journalists everywhere, I am hungover. I am sat in the basement of a hotel on the outskirts of Munich, the sort of hotel that must have sprung up fully formed overnight, a massive swelling of glittering commerce emerging from the abandoned building sites and car parks and motorways that ring the city. I am here for the launch of a new tablet. Panasonic are launching a new tablet computer for the business market. I am not a tech journalist. I've never done this before. I don't know what's going on. Last night is, regrettably, an increasingly coherent blur. A restaurant that went on for miles and miles like some wood-panelled meat narnia. Great glasses of beer brought to us to wash down salty pretzels and wooden platters of sliced sausage. A bus ride home drinking out of a bottle I snuck out of my coat. Then morning and shower and the sort of headache that leaves you staring at cups of black coffee trying to will them into your mouth. And now, music. Impossibly loud music that smashes out of speakers mounted on the stage and reverbs off the inside of my skull. Smoke floods the speaking platform in a move somewhere between inadvisable and ridiculous. Lights flash and spin around the room. I am defeated by the spectacle. This is Toughpad. Toughpad is my new master. All hail the glorious noise of Toughpad. I am powerless and weak and shuddering before the might of Toughpad. I am a snivelling worm, a directionless and flabby thing before the majesty of Toughpad. Two women emerge from the back of the hall. They are dressed inexplicably in tight jumpsuits and belts and aviator sunglasses and high heels. They have handcuffs hanging from their belts. They carry boxes shrouded in black cloth. Why are they dressed like that? I don't know. 
I can't know. Are they pilots? Police officers? Aviation police? It doesn't make any sense. This product has nothing to do with planes or crime or any combination of the two. It is a tablet computer you can drop underwater from a height and have that not be a problem. Outside, a video of an Asian man played on one of the units which happened to be underwater at the time. Dressed in martial arts robes, he punched through six blocks of concrete, but could not penetrate tough pad underneath. He holds it up proudly, and it plays a promotional video while he smiles. Why is he smiling? Panasonic have defeated him where concrete could not. The women put the boxes down on pedestals, and as the music reaches a tooth-buzzing crescendo, they whip off the cloth to reveal the tough pads through clear plastic. They leave the stage. The one in blue grasps the arm of the one in green, smiling nervously. Tough pad. Tough pad is now. Tough pad is happening. My world, for the next two hours, is tough pad. Hiro Sakamoto takes the stage. Hiro is the director of something important for the European arm, something involving computers. Before the conference, when I was smoking outside the hotel, he was pacing up and down, chaining Marlboro lights, reading and rereading his notes. He does well. There are two kinds of tough book available, he tells us. One is bigger and runs Windows. One is smaller and runs Android. Everyone writes this down. Some people rush forward and take pictures with expensive-looking cameras. I write it down too, but I don't get up because the only camera I have with me is on my phone. All of my notes are based on the activity of the journalists around me. I write down what I believe is important. I write down the most interesting words that I hear too. They are ruggedized and robustness and, deliciously, sacrification. A video plays, accompanied by the music again. The unfathomably loud music, a spinning CGI mess of product concepts. At one point, the phrase... Never before has someone made a tablet, flashes up, followed by nothing in particular. I don't know why the end of the sentence went. Someone has made a tablet before this, surely. A second man takes the stage. His name is Jan something, head of something at Panasonic. His presentation uses multiple grayscale graphs to illustrate technical points. I write down anything I don't understand. A lot of the other journalists stop writing so much. I wonder if I should do the same. This is cargo cult reportage, a Simon Says version of journalism, copying the surface actions of those around me in an attempt to produce the same result. Jan talks about retina displays, and the way the human eye can only perceive a certain number of pixels at a certain range is something about PPI. I think Panasonic has invented a new kind of pixel. A bendy pixel. I don't understand. What does PPI stand for? What am I doing with my life? Why am I here, in this basement, in Munich, at the age of 26, staring at a man fire a laser pointer at a graph? How did this happen? I wanted to be a sky pirate. I don't understand any of this. The devices can be used in heavy rainfall. I think for a second that the image illustrating heavy rain, a faceless man in the trench coat and leather gloves, looks like it is illustrating Cold War-era spying instead. The tough bit would be good for spies, I think. It probably deflects bullets. You could use it to beat up an informant, that sort of thing. That should be their marketing gambit, an embittered agent thrashing the tough book against the face of a scared Eastern European man, teeth and blood on the floor, yelling, TELL ME WHERE THE BOMBS ARE HIDDEN, Damn it! TELL ME NOW, PEOPLE ARE GONNA DIE! Jan stops for a second, and says there will be a demonstration. He says, With the nice police ladies, we are to make water sports. And half laughs, half smiles awkwardly. He says that on stage in front of the world's press. He seems to think that is fine. The women come forward and pour water from a jug over a tough book sat in a perspex case. People take pictures. A man in charge of something important just made a sex piss joke at the Panasonic press conference, and that's all fine? I don't understand. I don't understand. Is that fine? Is this just what happens at tech events? I want to have a lie down. The women leave the stage, wet computer in hand, and a new man takes the stage. He plays a smaltzy video. 
He plays a schmaltzy video where Portuguese children teach adults to use Windows 8, accompanied by a hyper-loud xylophone soundtrack that slices through my hangover like cheese wire through lukewarm gouda. He goes on to say some things about Windows 8, but it's all white noise at this point. All static, a mountain stream that happens to be talking about the great security features enabled in Windows 8 Pro. I drink the entirety of the bottle of sparkling water on the table in front of me and look around for another. Last night, while smoking, a man from the Czech Republic asked me what I thought about the Scottish bid for secession from the United Kingdom, and I had to make up an opinion on the spot. I tried my best to turn it into a conversation about Prince Harry's arse, somehow. I believe I reenacted the pose he struck in that Vegas hotel room. I remember this. Now? Why did I do that? Why did they let me drink? Don't they know the risks involved? At the end, a video plays of a man from Microsoft speaking to a camera with a forthright and determined voice that sounds like it's been honed by years of speaking at the head of boardroom tables. He doesn't know what to do with his hands. He holds them three inches under his chin, alternatively grasping them together, rocking them up and down and spitting them around each other, giving him the appearance of a squirrel trying to give up a nut addiction. I cannot remember a word he said. A fourth man comes onto the stage. Now, a week later, I'll be hard-pressed to select him out of a lineup. He was from Intel. Intel were doing something with processors, as is their want. I start thinking about the weird German lunch we're going to have in under half an hour. There's something unsettlingly strange about German food, something slightly off-centre. Maybe it's too much salt. Maybe it's not enough. Maybe it's their insistence on cured pork. I've been in the country for 18 hours and I'm already tired of cured pork. Applause and end to things and some questions from the audience to the assembled group on stage. Hiro built up his answers to his questions by putting his hands behind his back and generating a small humming noise culminating in precisely selected words of English filtered through his Japanese accent. Several people ask about sales figures and market shares and barcode scanners, and it's like they're better at the end of games previews, where Germans ask inscrutably strange questions like, how are you implementing graphical assets in the multiplayer lobbies? Or, how many pixels do you have in the game? Or some daft shit like that, but turned up to 11. No one asks about the women dressed as aviation police. I think I could ask. I could be all, excuse me, yes, Grant Howard, Guardian, what's the deal with these effing women? But maybe that's not the done thing. I don't know, this isn't my world, and I'm also not really from The Guardian, and that might come back to haunt me. I can picture all the assembled heads of Panasonic et al. shuffling their feet as I point out they've brought booth babes to a press conference, but then again, this is my first press conference, and I'd probably end up destroyed by their response and looking a fool. I don't ask. The conference ends. The guy sat next to me asked what I thought of it as we pack up our bags. It was alright, I say. Why do they have those women dressed as aviation police? I have no idea, he responds. And we're back! <laughs> Granto. Did you type that? Wait, like, were you, did you just mute your mic? Or did you just literally come back now? Grant, didn't you know? Mm-hmm. Didn't I ever tell you that my shit time... It's <laughs> precisely one Panasonic article. Yeah, it's identical to the wow. audio... The audio tape version of mm-hmm. your uh, Panasonic, Panasonic Tough Pad press conference, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe this has never come up in casual convo. You know, I think you might have mentioned something about it in passing. Segment three! Krusty Jugglers! In this segment, Grant, you teach mm-hmm. us about something? Yeah. <laughs> what is this normally? Hmm. Um, English English traditions. English traditions. Mm. You teach us in this segment, Grant. You teach us about English traditions. Mm-hmm. So, what's a summon time tradition that you have for us? Well, the summon time tradition I have for you today is this thing called the summer watch. So it happens 
It's uh, so it's Thumb Watch, a bit like the Black Watch from Jame of Drones, or however the fuck you pronounce it. Jame of Thrones. Jame of Thrones. Hey, you remember um, that one Russian thing called Night Watch? Yeah, about, that was like, really good, wasn't it? It was fun. There's a guy who could turn and into it, a bear, and it had the subtitles, and they were blood. <laughs> the subtitles were blood. Yeah, the subtitles were blood that came out of a boy's nose. Really? Yeah. I saw that. I saw that movie. Uh, Mark saw that movie once, and he was probably stoned. Oh no way! Mark, Mark smokes. Mark smokes marijuana. No, Mike doesn't smoke marijuana. But Mark puffs the devil's lettuce. <laughs> but long ago, a more fun version of Mark certainly uh, did. Okay. Now he's a responsible man of business. Of course. He's a podcaster. What kind of message would he be sending out to the children if what, he did drugs? What sort of message would he be sending out to his listeners if he turned up to report to record a podcast high? Oh, you know. Um, Can you imagine any English people doing that? There Can was... you even imagine the sort of the sort of gall it would take to smoke a joint immediately before coming on this podcast? I don't think that uh, pot exists in England. Isn't that part of the stiff upper lip charter that they are not allowed to indulge in things that make them feel good? Um, well, we have to do it privately. So it's against the law. Yeah. Or like mm. beef eater gin you're allowed to have once a year. Yes, once as, a gin. As once long gin. as it burns on the way down. Yeah. And like and you have to have it like a beef eater comes around and gives it to you and he says very rude things about you. <laughs> um <clears throat> so mm. pod Summer Watch. Oh yeah. Summer mm. uh, Summer Watch. Let's get into mm. it. Summer Watch. The Summer Watch. So uh it's a it's a thing it's a festival performed on the summer solstice where um Big fires are burned, so like it's it's the idea there is the like the, the handing over of Britain from the um summer spirits to the winter spirits, Ooh. and so they would they the they would and but this is why many people who live in the country would light great fires to um the to best wa- fires yeah just, everyone just, would oh, agree all the best oh. people they were great they were everyone's great. talking about how great my fires are bing 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 my fires everywhere you will not believe my fires. <laughs> You'll be incredulous to view my fires from a distance or up close. I think I just barfed into my brain. Mm-hmm. Subduro hematoma. And so they'd light these great fires, and these and, and the the smoke from these fires would ward off evil spirits for winter. And um, some Wiccans still practice the uh, the practice, and then they, then and so like you take the ashes from the fire, and you use that to make amulets to the, to the protect to protect yourself from bad spirits during winter. But unfor- unfortunately, paganism, like all religions, is shit. Take that, pagans! You're 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 free to believe in whatever bollocks you like, listener. That's fine. I will respect you less for doing so, but I'm sure it doesn't make you a bad person. Grant, mm-hmm. Grant. Now look, yeah. I know yeah. you're I know you're new to this whole internet celebrity game, but oh, look, you know, am I am I running my mouth now? You're not just doing kickstarters anymore, buddy. You mm. have you have a dedicated group of patrons who support you. That's true. You cannot alienize. Uh, people in such a way, you're gonna lose your core voting group. God, that's right. Yeah. I mean, do you think anyone will hear this? No. I'll be fine. <laughs> no be one fine. listens to Blaster Podcast. <laughs> it's me. I listen to Blaster Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Grant. You're one of my patrons, and I'm one of your patrons. This is this is, this is a real hand job of a podcast. I think of it as an aerobarus. Thank you very much. Okay, so the point behind the summer watch is that we like these big fires, right? Right. There is a... so Big the, beefy flames! Big beefy flames! Oh, oh cool, blimey. Uh, <laughs> and the other one. Oh, I'd like me fag off that. <laughs> Watch um, it, Harry. 
Um, um, and so this, and so sorry, it's, it's not in the solstice. I was wrong. It's the midsummer. My apologies. And so um, uh, on, on on midsummer, uh, Chester, a popular town, uh, t- uh, you will you will know Chester as a um, as a cheater, but we have him as a town in the United Kingdom. And Chester is a town um, fairly close to Wales in the south of England, uh, which uh, which which every year on midsummer they have this great parade, and on the website. Um, under the um, under the Midsummer Watch, there is a history of the Midsummer Watch, and it is the wildest shit available. Oh, I'm going to read you through. So, so I'm just going on the website for the, uh, the the it's MidsummerWatch.co.uk, and I'm going to explain nothing about the parade. The earliest entry on the diary, year 2000. The parade introduced more new characters. The elephant was rebuilt. Standing over 13 foot, complete with castle and cupid firing arrows. A new camel also joined the parade. The popular dragon was joined by a swarm of small dragons. We also had unicorns. That's just in one year. That's in one year. 2001. The parade saw the family of giants back in the country after the first ever trip outside the UK. (laughs) 2002. The parade added a giant raven. Whoa. Now, wait a minute. Do you think the 2000... Wait, what month does this take place in? Yeah. So is the 2001, like all that crazy shit, all those great developments, was that before 9-11 or after yeah, 9-11? Well, I mean, I can tell you what happened after 9-11. So like, after 9-11... The there raven. Was a, there was a raven, yeah, so death. Yeah. Was there anything else other than the raven that year? It was just it was just a single raven, apparently, <laughs> according to these pictures. A raven and a cast of, like, dark-winged angels. The world really changed. Uh, 2003, new characters included the Tree of Life, a Noah's Ark plus pikemen, a new dragon and a replacement Hellmouth. <laughs> it's the Tree of Life, good. Mm-hmm. Noah's mm-hmm. Ark, fun for the kids. Yeah. Hellmouth. Pikemen. What is pikemen? Uh, so uh, pikemen are, um, I'm, I'm going to let you down, they're not half fish, half man. Oh. Maybe they were actually in this case, but the traditional meaning of pikemen is men who carry pikes, which are like uh, eight foot long spears. Yeah. Um, 2005, we welcomed a new dragon and St. George to the parade. They were asking for trouble at that point. Yeah, St. George hates dragons. 2006, this year saw the addition of a white stag. Tattenhall Park Primary School brought a group of pirates to the parade. Oh, That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, Somali pirates? Or uh, traditional? Yeah. Um, oh, they look Somalian from the pictures, but I don't want to judge. <laughs> traditional pirates. <laughs> It's funny that that uh, elementary school was able to capture those Somali pirates, like Tom Hanks in that movie. 2009, Hellmouth was rebuilt. <laughs> this time with Wi-Fi access. <laughs> Who's tearing down these Hellmouths? Is that Christ when he's um, doing the harrowing? Yeah, he comes Don't... around and he, he harrows shit up. Yeah. 2012, large green men joined the parade. <laughs> A.K.A. big gay orcs. 2010, the parade also welcomed new sons. Like the star? Yes. (laughs) Yes, like the star. New male heirs. 2014, the other new character was Balaam's ass. A great hit with the children. Wow! Whoa! (laughs) Grant! What a street festival. Grant, do you have anything else to add about this crazy conflabulation of events? No, that's it. That's 100%. (laughs) Sounds good. <laughs> sorry, sorry. 
Oh, you went for that 110. That was fantastic. <laughs> well, Grant. Well, Grant. As we have finished up the third mm-hmm. segment, it is time for us to move along to mm-hmm. plugs. Plugs. Grant. This is a very special episode of Rubertania because I know that yeah. you have some stuff to plug and yeah. one one especially important thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shit it over. I'm going to pass yeah. the mic from myself yeah. to my uh, good... Listen, 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 I want you to find the biggest nerd in the room and put him on mic. Wow. Okay. You really fucked me on this, Grant. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to talk about some real nerdy shit. And I need someone who knows what I'm talking Not like a cool international man of science like you, Dottore. Okay, Grant, I'm going to go take a shit, and you talk... <laughs> <laughs> you talk to my roommate, Mark. Great, you have fun. <laughs> Bye! Hi, Mark Soloff here. Hey, Mark. God, you know hey. what? I've, I've heard you on um, on Rough Movies before, so it's a really it's an honor <laughs> to meet you, but... Um, Thank you. It's, it's weird I've never spoken to you before. Yeah, it's... Uh, um, I've listened to some some of your stuff. I enjoy okay, it. Yeah, cool, good, good. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, real hit. We should, we should, uh, we should, we should jam together at some point. We should, we should form a jam yeah. band. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, Grant, you're mm-hmm. a game designer. I am. What is the big news you have coming up? So, I have a Kickstarter on at the moment, um, which, uh, which I am currently plugging on every podcast available. It is called The Spire. And it's a role playing game. And in short, you play. Uh, the, the, the Spire is a mile high city. It's a fantasy city um, run by cruel high elves, and you play the downtrodden dark elves, and you play the you play people at the forefront of the resistance, trying to overthrow the spire and um, counteract and subvert the rule of the high elves in every way possible. We've written our own system for it, so we're really excited about that. And we've also, um, for the first time in any of our products, we've written a proper setting. Which means that me and Chris, my co-author, have gotten the chance to really like flex our muscles on the old setting book, which has been challenging and fascinating, and we're really excited about how it plays and how it works. Um, we're actually, um, if you want to hear how it plays, um, I believe a fellow Chicagoan podcast, Six Feet Under. Yeah. Uh, there, um, I'm recording. I'm Ironicus. recording a session. Yes, General Ironicus. Uh, sorry, Grant Ironicus. Um, I'm recording a, an episode with them, so if you're interested in hearing how it plays, if you search for Six Feet Under, you should be able to find that. And that's feats uh, spelled like feats of strength, not like yeah, your not two like feats. Yeah, oh, Six Feet Under, oh, I'm, so, I'm saying all the wrong words. Um, that is, that's that's the main thing I'm shouting about now, which is the spire. Let me interview you a little bit about this, because I'm, as Oh, for we know, sure, yeah, 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 yeah I'll at, put my at, serious hat. As Dottore has said, I am a hard horse journalist. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, what, is so, that, what does that mean in, in English? Hardcore journalist. Okay. How's his shit going? <laughs> his shit is bananas. Okay. <laughs> like, literally, bananas. He should peel those first. He has digestive problems. I think yeah, instead sure. of stomach acids, he's mm-hmm. just got, like, lube. And <laughs> instead of peristalsis to move the food along, mm. I think he just um, puts on, like, a mixtape and wiggles like a bee. <laughs> okay. Does that waggle dance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Interview me. Interview me. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> you have created the spire. Yes. Um, with your partner, your game design partner, Chris Taylor. Yeah. My my heterosexual life partner. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the spire is a role playing game. Yes. It's a tabletop role playing. It's game. a tabletop RPG. Like Dungeons and or Dragons. Yes. Um. Ha- will there be a like game board, or is it like a, a book where it is a, it is a book? It happens all in the theater of the mind. Okay. 
Uh, uh, so there is a games master, and the games master controls the world. Okay. Will players need dice? Players will need dice. They'll need something called a D10, which is a ten-sided dice. Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. I'm talking to your listener like they're an idiot. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you need ten-sided dice, which are available from anywhere where you can see Magic the Gathering nerds. Oh, those nerds. Um, yeah, those dorks. Okay, so it's a book. It's got the mm-hmm. rules. Will the book also contain the lore of the world? Yes, will it, will con- it will contain. It will contain the rich original lore of the world. The um, I'm not. We're not too interested in the history of the city, but what we're interested in is what's going on right now. So we've got a really nice um setting book detailing all the different districts and lots of adventure hooks. And like the closer, you, the, the deeper you go in the spire, the more reality comes unhinged because it's too tall to exist. Ooh. And so you have like um blood witches and um I think they have bee witches now. I'm not entirely sure whether those made it in but um there's all sorts of horrendous nightmares the deeper you go into the middle and so there's a lot of opportunity for body horror and sort of call of cthulhu style nightmares so it whenever i play dungeons and dragons those three mm-hmm. times um mm-hmm. i just assumed it was like any action game and started killing everything i could yes um, no it's different from that what percentage of your game is combat and what percentage is like relationship building oh, okay um role-playing so I mean, it's up. To, it's up to the players how they want to tackle problems. The idea is that they are they the the one the one piece of um, drive or scene framing that we give the players is that they are part of the resistance trying to take over um, Spire. And so, if they want to do it by blood, they can go and like they can go and you know murder corrupt police officers or even you know regular police officers because there's a resistance movement. Um, they can go and again, I don't want to encourage the murder of police officers in real life. This is a game designed to throw up difficult questions. <laughs> um, you're like leave, leave police officers alive, please. I'd say in the playtests we've had so far, it's like about ten percent has been fighting. Uh-huh. And an awful lot of it has been infiltration and subterfuge and lying and setups and um, double crosses and things like that. So it's a much more um, we have. Uh, there's not much of the game devoted to combat. Most of it's devoted to social interaction and building uh, alliances with other parts of the spire and getting people on your side. Cool. Now, if I wanted to be the game master of mm-hmm. the game of Spire, do yes. do you have like? narrative tracks laid out for a novice to walk people through so there'll be a there'll be a starter adventure uh-huh. in the book uh, at the towards the rear i imagine um where we can have like uh maybe well, maybe put some pre-generated characters in there as well so your players don't have to worry about that if you just want to get started but there'll be a very basic turn up here are some hooks here is here is something which the players have to do and then going on from that there'll be if you want to play a longer campaign here are some avenues you can explore but we'll we're going to have something like are they, I, i'm posting the belief that everyone like everyone is capable of making up their own stories and should do but if you're nervous about it there's certainly certainly stuff in the book you can use cool Based on the Kickstarter's results, do you intend to create supplemental content? Yeah, for sure. Um, so at the moment, um, I, I mentioned earlier we had like Blood Witches and Bee Witches. Um, at the moment, we've cut all of the very strange classes, like player classes, out of the core book because they were simply too strange to fit in. And the first thing we're interested in doing as a stretch goal is to bring them back in and have it as kind of so like normally. So like we write books which are family friendly traditionally. Ew. Yeah, and that's not that's very much not the case with the like with the, with the occult book. There's lots of really weird stuff we wanted to talk about, um, and like body horror, and including like one one like male magician who just makes a load of wombs. So I'm wombs? interested in yeah, and that's how he summons stuff. Like 
he makes like a water balloon, but it's actually a womb. Uh, it's like out, out out of mud and and stones, and he just like ruts into that for a while, and then a horrendous creature crawls out of it. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm. So he creates like a magical vagina, and he fucks it, and then stuff comes out. Yeah. Holy shit! So like, guys, so, like, get the spire. That's, the... <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, that's 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 one of the stretch goals. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! I really was very good with that. <laughs> um. So like, so he's I, a romancer. So it's with with the with 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 the with the occult book, we're interested in spreading out a little bit more. Um, Earth, Earth fuckers. Earth fuckers. You could um, write a whole series of young adult, young novels, adult novels about the Earth fuckers, books. like the animorphs. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the core book, so for example, in the core book, one of one of the core abilities a character has is hyena, in that they get it, they have a giant hyena chain to one of their hands. Whoa! And that's 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 kind of how they do their thing. That seems like a recipe for disaster. Hyenas are not known for their tameness. Yes, very much so. It's like so Harley it's, Quinn. It's, 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 it's kind of a push-pull. Oh, fuck. I, I saw Suicide Squad recently. Yeah, I remember. I heard your podcast. Fucking Lord. <laughs> did, 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 actually, did, did that go into the podcast? Yeah. Oh, so I thought I'd cut that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's Suicide Squad. Hmm. Let's talk about Spiral Side Two Squad. Two thumbs up. <laughs> Um, is is the content of the spire influenced at all by current politics? Um, so in, in a way, like, uh, so like, as, as I get older, I'm becoming more politically aware, and I'm getting more frustrated with the way things are going. So I think there is a, there's certainly a desire to have some sort of fantasy where it's possible to overthrow a government that you're unhappy with, where it's possible to fight back for the people who are downtrodden. Hashtag and- resistance. Hashtag so, so so like it, well like originally we had it set up um so like I've been writing the spy for a very long time I've been I've been working on it for um in various incarnations for about three four years and as we came towards this Kickstarter we realized this was the thing we wanted to work with um initially initially we had it as kind of an espionage game where you were playing kind of a paramilitary espionage um extra governmental organization and then like we realized that resistance is a much more interesting story to tell yeah. Uh, especially seeing as like it's not like you can travel around the world like in your normal espionage games, and so we we shifted it to be about resistance. We shifted it to be about re- uh, revolution and fighting back. And I think there's I think there's like I don't think we're attempting to tell any stories. Especially I mean like w- one of the main antagonists in the game is uh, this group called the Red Moon, who are um like the Black Block. I don't know what the Black Block is. Um, so they are um, uh, anarchists who are very interested in property destruction and fighting and um, going hard at protests. And so if if, if the black bloc shows up to a protest, it, like, it becomes a problem mm-hmm. for the other anti-fascists who are there. And so I was interested in seeing, like, okay, so you guys are the moderates in that you're playing effectively fucking Mossad, right? Uh-huh. Um, in that you that you are part of a technically legal spy organization who's attempting to subvert the rule in this city without being noticed, and then one step to your right is a terrorist organization who's blowing up flats, but they have the same aim, they have the same aim in mind, and so we're really interested to talk about that. And it's like, well, like we're not stopping you from joining them, we're not stopping you from doing that. That's 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 what we're framing. How far are you willing to treat people as things? How far are you willing to abuse your allies? How far are you willing to abuse your enemies to get what you want? And we've tried to we tried to make a story which has you in this perpetual um, you're perpetually under stress from multiple sources and you have to make sacrifices to get ahead. I like that in the ethical gray areas. Mm-hmm, for sure. And unfortunately, since this is role playing, most ethical gray, gray areas rapidly devolve into black and white. Then you start making jokes about willies. <laughs> but you know. So do you have like anti-willy mechanics? 
uh, baked into the system. We have no worthy mechanics in the system. Until the bonus content gets released when you can be... Oh my be god, that's true, yeah. A fuckromancer. Uh, you, you, you know, we're still not entirely sure on the fuckromancer clause. So there's definitely going to be a blood witch, which is a... Uh, so there's the, a woman who travels to the middle of the spire and gets a sort of magical blood disease. Yeah. And then becomes kind of a body hacker. And then a matron who is half spider... Sorry, not matron. A midwife who's half spider, half elf. And they are horrendous, multi-legged creatures who guard the dark elves young. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're like our tanks. <laughs> hideous. Absolutely yeah. hideous. Yeah. Um, now, Grant, off mm -hmm. topic here a bit. Like, yeah, you, yeah, sure. You uh, regularly create one-page RPGs. Yes, I do one a month. You know, I listen to your podcast, Hardy Dice Friends, and mm -hmm. you like go off on all sorts of creative tangents about mm -hmm. ways to fix role-playing problems. Yeah, sure. Like, have you, have you considered and are you planning on... Uh, writing any fiction for the public to purchase and consume. Uh, I wrote a book two years ago, three years ago. What? Um, yeah, it's um, it's fitted. It's not out. It's it's unpublished. Um, I wrote a book. It's called God in the Attic. I thought that sorry, the God in the Attic, which is about a a uh, a cult who try to create a fake Jesus Christ out of uh, communion wine and communion wafers, and a pair of basically with nail and eye magicians try and stop them through punching. Uh huh. Um, it's fun. It's um, it's it, it. It was kind of fan fiction, and it really got out of hand. Um, and so it was fan fiction about me and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it really got out of hand. It's 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 a fine book. Um, but no, I'm I'm not really looking to put it out at the moment because there's not a lot, there's not a great deal of money as a debut novelist. Um, but I'm trying to get my foot in the door and for as RPGs go. I think like the Spire has a great deal of um fiction in it. If people are interested in reading, if people in like buttering their fingers under my mind. Um, there, Chris and I have put our brains together and come up with some really fun stuff in there. Um, but I'll be honest with you. One thing I've been interested in writing, Mark, and this is this is this is well off the off the reservation. I want to write a postmodern role playing game, which takes the idea of a role playing textbook, but then tells a story about a man who was sucked into the world of the role playing textbook and started bringing other people with him against their will. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like House of Leaves, but for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I'd love to write that, but I don't know where to. I don't know where to start even. I think it sounds great. Like I loved House of Leaves, and I'm not a big mm. horror reader. Yeah, it's a fascinating concept. I'd lo I'd love to like to get into the idea of a book which is also the setting. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I think so. Like maybe I could write that at some point, but at the moment we're trying to focus on um, writing engaging horror role playing. Right. I think it's a great idea, and that you mm. should uh, you should not drop it. You should keep it on the back burner and make little notes to yourself and stuff. Not drop it like it's hot, but hold it like it's cold. Hold it like it's cold. <laughs> hold it like a baby egg that you need to hatch. Oh, a little baby egg? Yeah, but... Not, not, not a big grown-up egg. No, it's, it's, it's a baby egg. Shh, 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 shh. Hey, baby egg. Hey, it's okay. But uh, here's mm -hmm. the thing. Much okay. like in a Game of Thrones scenario, you're going to have mm -hmm. to burn down your house to hatch that. Can I burn down the shed? Yeah. Well. Hey, I'm Mark Soloff, not Dottore <laughs> Bellordo. <laughs> Grant. Mark and Auditore. Please tell us about how we can learn more about the Spire and support the Kickstarter. Yes, you can go to, uh, if you just search Kickstarter the Spire, that's probably the best way to get to it, because um, we will have our SEO down. Alternatively, if you go to Rowan, Rook, and Deckard.com, uh, uh, Deckard is D-E-C-A-R-D. 
If you go to Rowan Rook and Deckard, that is our that is our company website, and that'll have details of all all of my, you can you can download all of my games from there. Um, and you can download everything which we've worked on as a company, and also you'll find some links to the Spire. And if you're listening to this in the far, far future, after the Kickstarter has ended, um, put down your laser gun, man, and buy the Spire! You can still follow that link, and it will still sell you the game. Cool. Although it might not have the fuck witches in. Um, oh, the fuck witches. So, uh, <laughs> wait, uh, the Kickstarter. Yeah. When it is successful... Mm-hmm. Not, not when. if, but not when. if when. when. Um, will there be a tier where people can get a physical copy of the book? Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like the the people can have the rules now if they want. If you back at a, I think if you back at the one level past the minimum, you get access to the playtest rules immediately. Yeah. So, if you're interested, you can. If you back us, we'll send you a copy of the rules right away, and you can just have them. And if you don't like it, you can just refund the fund the backing. That's fine. I don't mind. Um. But there, there's certainly physical books we're pairing with uh, the company who prints Games Workshop stuff. Actually, I don't know Games Workshop, but I'm sure so you're aware I of should Games be Workshop. impressed. I've heard you're you guys talk Workshop? about it on your show. Warhammer. Oh, Warhammer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the biggest, one of the biggest toy soldier companies in the world. Um, we're we're working with the with the, the printer who does their stuff, so we've got really nice stuff. Uh, unfortunately, it's hella expensive, so um, we pass the costs on to you. <laughs> <laughs> Can, uh, listener, I can tell you, I as a supporter of Grant's work, I supported the Kickstarter for Unpound, Unpound, for Unbound <laughs> RPG. The Unpound shop. Yeah. And uh, I got the physical book, and it's really cool. Mm. Like, the artwork is good. The book... Yeah, we've got, the, we've, got the, we've got the same artist again, which is nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we've got Adrian Stone, who's just, just the most wonderful art, and he's got this lovely vision of the Spire as well. Who, it's, it's, looks fantastic. who is the artist again? The man's name is Adrian Stone, and he's super available for commission. Nice. Uh, in my experience, anyway. So if you if you if you like what he's done, please hire him for more games things. Adrian Stone. Adrian Stone. Granto, do you have anything else you want to say about the Spire? Um, no, we've already talked far too long for what is ostensibly a comedy podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Grant, do you have anything else you'd like to plug? Um, yeah, I would like to plug, um, oh my days, so many things I've, like, since I last came on the show, I'm now this multifaceted fucking hydra of side, side, um, hustles. We're very proud of your growth. Thank you. We're not, we're not challenged at all. We're not threatened by it. We think it's great. We're big fans. We, we love it. Um, so, uh, if you like, if you like hearing me speak and you want to hear a man speak a little bit like me, but slightly more uptight, you can, uh, you can go to our, our, our website, which is our, our podcast, which is Hearty Dice Friends. We offer a role-playing advice podcast, but we talk, we don't talk a great deal about role-playing games. We do often, but if, if you don't like role-playing games, you might enjoy it if you like hearing two white guys crack wise with each other. We, I, um... I I'm not big on role-playing games, and mm. I listen to every episode of Hearty Dice Friends because, yeah. uh, you guys are funny. And, and we love it, and we clearly love each other very much. Yes, and I think that comes across. The RPG stuff you talk about doesn't get bogged down in a lot of boring math. We do not talk numbers. Yeah, you talk about fun we, stuff. We do not talk optimization. We talk about uh, there's. I suppose it's, it's like it's, it's it's more like we're just shouting about role playing in a pub, and you get to listen. Yeah, that's it, kind of that's kind of the environment. And you get to light up redditors sometimes. Uh, we also answer questions from Reddit, and we're rude about them sometimes. But that's that's less, that's less less a big part of the show these days. Um, the other thing I want I want you to take a look at if you think I'm if you think I'm sexy and you want my body, come on, sugar, tell me. No, if you if you like my games, 
if you like my voice and you think this guy might might write good games, maybe he writes better than he speaks, then um, go to patreon.com forward slash gs howitt and that is my patreon i release a one-page role-playing game every month for free um if you if you like them you can give me some money or not you can just play them and if you play them please tell me because i like that very much the uh most popular one of late was honey heist in which you play a criminal bear with two statistics which are criminal and bear and it was inordinately popular you know why because people like criminal animals Yes, they do. Nobody has courted the very popular bear gamer uh, section of our population I, yet. I, I had before, actually. My other my other very popular game was Drunken Bear Fighter. Oh. Yeah. Not like the good games I've written, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not those worthy things where you're like, oh, you write, you write beautiful haiku to decide the fate of the Empire of the Moon. Nah, it's some bullshit with bears. Yeah, you're a bear. You like to break people's ribs and shit. I like to break people's ribs and shit. What are you going to plug? I'm going to plug. Oh, this is Mark. Um, so, hey, Mark. Hey. Oh, hey, Mark. <laughs> nice. So, I, bet no one, I bet no one ever says that to you. <laughs> no, I never get that. <laughs> so this is Mark Soloff on behalf of Dottore Belordo, who is still shitting. Oh, my God. Shitting pretty, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. I would like to plug our Threadless store. Go to blasterpodcast.threadless.com and get some high-quality T-shirts and Blaster Podcast and Muff Movies paraphernalia. We have a Muff Movies design up now, which is Boba Fett's helmet, and it says Hort, 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 and it says Muff Movies, so that's very fun. Um, Also, this is a new development. You can hire me to do voiceovers for you through Fiverr.com. So if you have an answering machine or you want some sort of crazy character voice done, um, go to F-I-V-E-R-R.com slash Blaster Podcast. Check it out, and I, I can do crazy shit for you. Also, Blaster Podcast has a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash blasterpodcast if you want to support me and my work. And above all else, please share Blaster Podcast with your friends. I want to keep on growing the listenership. I want people to listen and enjoy it. Tell your friends about this lovely podcast. Yeah, dog. Yeah. Dog. Shout at someone about it now. Grant, I'm running out of steam. Oh my god. I am in I am in a hot, airless room. I'm going to die. Yeah. I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy you've got the last recording of me. You've been going <laughs> for two hours, including one ten minutes where I just spoke continually. Yeah, I appreciate your time. I absolutely do. But I'd like to am, I'd like I'm to put moist you, customer and I want to go to sleep. I'd like to put your whining into perspective. When mm-hmm. we recorded the last Muff movies, the uh, mm-hmm. Return of the King episode, yeah. we recorded for over five hours. Well, whose fault is that? J.R.R. Tolkien. Well, I think I, I think it's that layabout, Sophie Shrand. Yeah, she is such yeah. a layabout. I was goofing off on so many side goofs. She, she's great. <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's great. I really like. I really like them. Uh, oh, here comes Dottore. Oh, hey Dottore, how, how's your shit, man? Mark, get out of my chair! <laughs> Blaster Podcast is a proud member of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. If you like this show, then check out some of their other offerings, like Alka Hollywood. Clint, Jared, and a guest talk about one movie each week, old or new, good or bad, and create a custom cocktail and drinking game for it. I highly recommend Alka Hollywood, y'all. Check it out. Did I just say y'all?